Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Remy. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode 89 and it's titled Secrets to a Great Relationship with Craig and Debbie Lambert. So this is interesting because um, they do very similar work to what we do. And having reviewed their book, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of alignment here with our guests. So I'm really interested in hearing what they have to say and digging into some of the tools and tips that they have for listeners. Yeah, right. Because who doesn't want a happy, healthy relationship, be connected and have just more love? So we're like, well, let's bring on some more experts. Let's spread this world. That's out. right. Don't, don't just hear it from us. <laughs> hear it from other people, too. Because, you know, sometimes people are like, they're like, well, yeah, that works great for you guys. But look at the relationship you guys have. You uh-huh. know? And it's like, so it's good to hear from other people, too, especially people who also work in the industry. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what? it's not just us. This is possible for lots of other people. Yes. So we're very excited. Uh, So before we introduce our guest, let's give a big shout out to our sponsor, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. You'll find something if you want to last longer, have harder erections, or increase your sexual skills. So powerandmastery.com. So today our guests are Craig and Debbie Lambert, and they are relationship experts and each with more than 30 years of experience in the areas of communication and relationships with a focus on strengthening relationships and improving communication. Craig and Debbie help frustrated, hurting couples gain new understanding of themselves, their partners, and even the world around them. So we are very excited. Welcome, Craig and Debbie. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Nice nice to be here. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Great to be here. Great to be here. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, before we dive into some of the specific things, I want us and our listeners to get to know you guys a little bit. So we read your bio. Okay. That tells us a little something. But tell us a little bit more about what you actually do. You know, who do you work with specifically? What types of work do you do? Yeah. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I um, I got into working with couples about 10 years ago. And I would say that the main reason is because I was always curious about how to be present in a relationship, how to be fully present. And so I had studied yoga and meditation, and I wasn't really getting it. I was getting it from the perspective of sitting in front of a cushion and sitting on a cushion in front of a, a wall and meditating. But when it came down to being in relationship, a lot of that just went by the wayside. So I started uh, my journey, which was about how to be present in relationship. And I had been an individual therapist for many years and decided to change over about 10 years ago and just work with couples. So during that time, I opened up a private practice. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. So I opened up a private practice in Carmel Valley. And uh, since that time, I've been working with couples in private practice and doing workshops. Um, My training has been mostly with uh, something called Imago Relationship Therapy, which was created by Harville and Helen Hendricks and Sue Johnson's Emotionally 
focused therapy, as well as John Gottman's work. So, you know, I've been studying the masters and trying to bring that into my practice. Awesome. How about you, Debbie? Did you already do this before you met Greg or like, tell us more? So my background is a little bit different, actually quite a bit different. Um, I was working in organizations for many, many years. My uh, master's is in industrial organizational psychology, and my field was organization and leadership development. But what I learned when I met Craig and we started doing some work together is that when you're dealing with individuals, the breakdowns and the needs for connection and everything, there's just so much commonality between the work he was doing with couples and what I was doing team building and working with individuals. And so I started getting more into working with couples and fell in love with it. And I fell in love with it because when you work with an individual, like say an executive, you're just working with that person's story. And so their story about their boss, their peers, their employees. And when you work with a couple, you have the the unbelievable opportunity to have both people in the room present. And the dynamics that you work with um, are phenomenal. And so much, it leverages the potential for change. And so I just became addicted to it. Mm. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of cool things in, in what you both said. One of which is, you know, I want to go back to something, Craig, that you said, which is that you were working a lot um, through spirituality and meditation, but then figuring out that you had to bring it really into the physical world. And this is something that I think is really interesting. In fact, we were just uh, studying somebody who was talking about, you know, what he calls true spirituality. And he was basically saying something very similar to what you were saying, which is that you can meditate all you want. You can read all the scriptures you want. You can do all of that, you know, sitting in your room. But really, you got to bring it back here into the physical world because this is where we live. This is where we function. This is where the rubber hits the road, so to speak. And yeah, so I love that aspect that that you took all of that and you said, I got to bring this into the real world. So I thought that was pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I thought was fascinating about what you shared was, um, Debbie, so from your point of view, I think what you, if I could just sort of boil it down a little bit, is like what you were doing before, which was a more industrial organization, you realized it, it all comes down to relationships and it all comes down to communication. Right. I had a um, teacher, my, the teacher of my program, the main guy, this big organizational consultant that we all looked up to. And I remember one day in class, he said, okay, when you go out there in the real world and you start consulting with executives, you're going to find in organizations, there's one problem and it's one word. And we're like, tell us, tell us. And he says, it's communication. Mm-hmm. And as I got into organizations and I started consulting, I'm like, oh, he's right. Like, Oh, yeah, he's right. And over and over. And so it really helped me frame the problems that were going on. And you've hit it right up the nail on the head. That, that's, that's it in, um, in human relationships and couplehood. So I love also what you brought. Where we work with couples, too. And one of the things is I always tell people, you can do the work on your own, and there's a lot that can change. But what happens when you work the two of you together, the catalyst that happens, it, it changes so much faster. 
And something that I found is so funny too is when we work with couple, we always speak with them separately at some point. So we get her point of view and his point of view. And sometimes you're thinking, oh my gosh, I get it. I know what they want. And then you speak to them separately and you're like, oh, this is totally different than what I thought I, I heard, you know, because like his version and her version are different. Um, and so... What I'm curious about too is, do you work together with couples, like as a couple? Do you help like, yes. Okay. So there's four of you sitting in a room, right? Well, not all the time. But, so okay. something recent that we've kind of brought into the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just for like, maybe the more challenging couples. Mm. So the majority of our work is Craig works with his couples. I work with my couples, but occasionally we'll be together. And we found that there's a lot of benefit. Mm. Well, so that's one of the things that I wanted to ask. It's kind of why we were going in that direction, which is if you were doing this work separately on your own, which you were, now you're bringing it together and working as a couple. I'm wondering what you've noticed that's different when you work together as a couple versus when you're just working by yourselves with with other couples. Mm. Well, for me, one of the main things I've noticed is the, uh, the male person is really oftentimes connecting with me. So it's a, we're connecting on our agenda. And, and also for Debbie, the female is often feeling more safe having a female presence in the room. So they're connecting on that level as well. And it may not be something that we're talking about, but I think on a deeper level, there's some, some feeling of commonality, like you get me, and um, as, a, as a woman, you get me, or as a male, you get me. And so that, that is sort of unconscious, but I think it's sitting in the space with us. Um, the other thing is, um, Debbie comes from a de- very different perspective, and she, I think she sees things very differently than me oftentimes. And so we can kind of come together in that way and kind of share different perspectives on the same issues that are coming up in therapy. I think in our individual practices, the thing that Craig and I do a lot of is draw on our own experience. So a lot of times I'll say, well, you know, sometimes when Craig wakes up in the morning and we draw upon our individual experience. So when we're doing co-joint therapy, we do the same thing. But again, like he's in the room. It's like, well, you know, when he wakes up in the morning, one of the things that he does and he's just sitting there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that because he's sitting there and he can react it's even more powerful. Mm. And then he can... He disagrees with me. You know, mm-hmm. then it's a bit more interesting. We, oh, can, yeah. we, 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 uh, cert, we certainly can model for, for the couple how to interact on a conflictual issue in a, in a very positive <laughs> way, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So... I want to dive into couples and what you've seen. What do you think, if you were to board it down, and, and you might already have given the answer earlier when you were talking about communication, but we were curious about, from your perspective, what do you both see as most couples' biggest struggle? Well, you know, the one that I, I always tend to lean towards is that couples don't often uh, understand, perhaps, that multiple perspectives can coexist at the same time. So I have a perspective, you have a perspective, and oftentimes we're fighting as to who's right and who's wrong. And, you know, as as Terry Real, one of my mentors likes to say, you know, you can be 
right? Or you can be in relationship. So <laughs> I, 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 I like to really point that out. And um, I do that visually with props and we talk it through. Like, can you completely validate your partner's perspective? And if you can, I think you're, you're, you've come a long way. So that's one of the keys, I think. Yeah. I think, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that that I think a lot of people tend to look at any conflict, whether it's in relationship or not, as what we call a zero-sum game, right? Which means there's always a winner and always a loser. So I think it's great that what you're pointing out is that is not necessarily the case in relationship. You can actually hold multiple viewpoints or ideas simultaneously, and it doesn't make one person wrong and one person right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think when um, I think what, what Craig is talking to, I would agree, is probably the biggest, not the only, but certainly the biggest breakdown in relationships is holding on to our stories. And then what happens is over time, we're really good at making them bigger, you know, so it's like, you know, and then we hear you always, you never. And in our minds, when we're interacting and even when we're not, and sometimes more when we're not, is we create this story that started here and now it's there. So the type by the time they get into our office, the stories are so big, there's absolutely no space for, um, Kevin, what you're referring to is the two to coexist. And what I've observed in, in working with couples is that it takes a lot of effort to maintain those stories. I've got to work really hard. So all my energy goes into maintaining and creating and validating my story. And what we've noticed is that when couples realize, to your point, that two can coexist, and they actually step into that space of recognizing somebody else's story, it's like a relief in a way. And so that's where the magic really starts to happen. And they realize that they can create a habit of doing that. And it's not easy, but once they do it, I think it opens space for them to do it more and more. And so we believe that just take little, little steps, like let's step into that little story <laughs> and then that little story. And then we can step into a bigger story. But it's, um, it's exciting for couples to, to take that step. Yeah, absolutely. I think a key part of this for me that I learned from, from Harville Hendricks, and I think it was one of my biggest takeaways, was this idea of being able to validate. And, you know, I know that as couples therapists, I'm sure you guys spend quite a bit of time talking about the importance of being able to validate your partner's perspective. Simply put, it's, you know, I've listened carefully to what you've had to say and you make sense. You make sense. What you're saying makes sense. You're able to cross over on that bridge and be in your partner's shoes. And that is so powerful. So that that's a big, big part of it, I think, for everyone. I completely agree. And here's an interesting thing that I think about that, which is that in order to do that, you have to have really good communication skills. So, and, and let's be um, totally clear. When we say communication, I'm not just talking about the words coming out of my mouth because the other half of communication is listening, right? right? So in order for you to sit there and say, okay, what you're saying makes sense to your partner, you have to have listened properly and heard it and then effectively communicated that back. So one of the things that we find almost every problem has a communication breakdown component to it. So they come to you with all these different problems, right? And really, if they had effective communication, they would have realized that most of those weren't even problems. So what I was curious to ask you guys is, 
One, if you see a similar thing, and two, what are some of your best strategies or tools or advice for couples who are struggling with that communication piece? Uh, well, it's it's probably one of the first skills that we teach couples when they come in, and we call it uh, mirroring, basically just repeating back what the person's saying. And what's so fascinating and fun for me is that people say, I'm a good listener. I, you know, I listen carefully. I really do. And I get what she's saying. <laughs> I just don't agree with what she's saying because she doesn't listen to me. And it's so fun because then I say, okay, well, let's just listen to each other, right? So I'm just going to have you listen to her and we describe how to mirror, basically repeat back what she has to say, but do it like you're in charge of the conversation. So when she said enough, you stop her and say, okay, let me, what basically what you're saying is, and so when they go do this exercise, first of all, they let the person go on too long, right? And they, they can't remember it. So they finally get it in chunkable pieces. And when they go back to mirror it, they can't. You know, the person that thought they were like the best listener, they're like, uh, could you say that one more time? <laughs> and even after the second time, they're not quite getting it. And so what couples learn really quickly is they're not good listeners. We're just not good listeners as human beings. Well, there's a reason for that right yeah because our minds are busy thinking about what we're going to say or discounting what they're saying i mean there's a lot of listening um mistakes that people make right i but, think i think it's interesting excuse me i think it's interesting that the the mind tends to go right to opinion judgment and that's right. what while our partner is speaking to us i think it's not quite conscious that what we're doing is already in our minds we're not fully listening. We're forming opinions and judgments of what, what the person is saying. And as Stephen Covey would say, you know, we're listening not with the intent to listen, but with the intent to respond. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, with the intent to respond. Yeah, it's the difference now, between listening to understand and listening to right. respond. Exactly. So as Debbie pointed out, the mirroring is so powerful. It's so effective because it slows everything down. And now all I, my whole job is just to hear what you have to say. And once I do that, once I am able to do that and you feel listened to, everything slows down, everything calms down. Mm -hmm. That's just the first step. So we teach the mirroring. And then after they've learned that and they feel pretty settled with that, then we will bring in the idea of summarizing, mm -hmm. which is when the person is complete and they've really shared everything they want to share we will ask them to summarize the key points of what you just shared with me. So what I hear you saying in summary is, and then we go to validation, which is a huge step, right? We take, mm -hmm. we, we go to that part of, you know, I've listened to everything you've shared with me and you make sense. That makes sense. But then there's one more step, empathy. And empathy is probably the more difficult step for many. And that's not listening with your mind, but listening with your heart. And at that moment, you say, I can imagine you must be feeling fill in the blank. So it's broken up like that. And we teach that to our couples as a basic strategy for communication right when they come in the door. It's usually one of the first things we teach. And a lot of our sessions use that process to help couples stay connected and feel safe. 
And that, that's the key. So, I'm always impressed by how, how quickly they learn it, like how, how bad they are when they come in. And then within a few sessions, they've got it nailed. <laughs> well, I, I think it's all about habits, right? People are not taught these skills unless they've sought them out. And um, I had a funny story because I remembered at the beginning of our relationship, um, I was talking to Kevin and somehow I was under the impression that he wasn't listening to me and you know you come into a new relationship from all the baggage of the uh, previous relationships right so I'm kind of like well what did you hear me say you know because we use nonviolent communication principles we apply all of that so I was like what did you hear me say and Kevin just like literally like said every word back exactly the same words because that I think is very important in the mirroring is not to like use for your filter but literally mirror back the exact words and I was floored and I think I did that about maybe two more times where I had him like what did you hear me say like mirror back at me to use your terms and uh, then I noticed that he always listens even if he doesn't seem to listen the way I would he listens so I had the proofs and then I haven't had to ask him that like I trusted from then on after those three times I was like okay he's proven himself this is good and I can trust that his way of paying attention to me he's not going to be like sitting down staring at me but but he's still listening and really taking it in and so that's kind of what it brought to me is like remember to when you are talking with your partner they may not be mirroring exactly or actually the way you would when you give your full attention, but it doesn't mean that they're not really listening. Right. That's such a great point. And Selena, I love that you proactively say, what did you hear me say? Oh, it's yeah. a beautiful way to check out if they're listening. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think then we tra- we really train each other. Um, and so I want to say again, so you've got your steps because this was huge. This was like a huge gem for all of our listeners here. So I'm like, like, if that's the only thing you get, there's the mirroring part. So it's really reflecting like what you heard. Um, and then what was the second part? See, like, here we go. Here I am. There's the mirroring. There's... <laughs> <laughs> summarizing. summarizing summarizing yes you you guys use the summarizing um and then i was kind of lumping the empathy together but you have kind of an in-between step right uh, yeah, the validation funding. and the empathy uh come together but we like yeah. w- one is kind of more cognitive okay you know i can imagine uh, i i can understand your perspective so it's more of a cognitive the empathy is much more on a feeling or an emotional level. Mm, that, that makes sense. And I think that could help those who can relate more with their brain and then those who relate more with their heart. So you can get both parts. Yeah. So I would love to get deeper into some topics of your book. But before we do that, we're just going to um, give another shout out to our sponsor here. Um, so if you are longing for more connection, deeper intimacy and red hot passion in your relationship and you are a committed couple who loves each other but has lost a spark and has fallen into a boring routine we meaning kevin and i have a special invite for you we've created relationship synergy a cutting-edge next level intimacy program for the modern couple to help you fire up your love life so give us 90 days and we will help you transform your love life forever and so you can find all about relationship synergy at celineremy.com forward slash synergy Okay. I love doing live commercials and it's even more fun when they're commercials for our own products. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they are. <laughs> Sometimes they're not. 
So, um, you know, you have 52 topics in your book. Um, so your book is called The Mindful Couple. There's, there's 52 weekly strategy that on to real love and connection. And I see that, you know, you could read it through all at once, maybe to get the concept, or you can take your time and do it weekly and really like talk about the subjects and do the exercises because there are actually practices, just like some of the things that you guys were sharing. And some of them I really liked and I wanted for you guys to uh, maybe like bring this to our audience and our listener. So the very first topic that I loved that you talked about was about try generosity in your relationship um oh there was another one yeah yeah, yeah. oh okay the first one the first one on our list is oh. forget fairness okay forget fairness okay good okay let's so, start with that one so Sorry. basically we picked a we cherry picked a couple out of your book <laughs> that we thought would be fun and uh this one is one that we talk about a lot and so we really actually wanted to get your opinion on it forget so let's start with forget fairness so give us more about your opinion and what does what does it look like for couples really Sure. You want to start? Well, I think it's, you know, it's really easy to get into a fairness mentality. In fact, we often often talk about the shift from fairness to generosity. Mm. So, you know, when I approach a relationship and my love relationship, if I say, well, you know, I did the dishes last night, you do them tonight. I've created a culture of fairness, which is really good sometimes because fairness can create guardrails and boundaries for the relationship. But as a mindset, it's not great. If I approach my entire relationship in terms of what's fair, then it doesn't leave room for me to show up in a more generous way. So for example, when I see dishes and it's not my turn, I might just do them because I know he's busy and he'll really appreciate it. We share um, times for coffee. So what's fair for us is that one day I do coffee in the morning, we drink it in bed together. And then the next day he does it. But sometimes he didn't sleep so well, so I just do it or vice versa, right? So that's being generous versus fair. Right. Mm-hmm. An example. I think I think a lot of couples come to their relationship with a tit-for-tat mentality, you know. I'll do this for you if you do this for me. You know, I'll if you come home early from work, I'll give you sex. Um, <laughs> but, you know, coming home early for work because you want me to be home early and you want to spend more time with me, is something I may want to just consider doing because I care about you and I love you. And um, so having something connected to what you do, you know, on one level, I hear it a lot with couples about fairness. Well, that's only fair. I'm doing this for you. You can do that for me. But it frequently breaks down. And I think the more generous or the more loving place to come from is I'm doing this because I love you. I care about you. I care about our happiness. So there's no question about what I'm going to get in return. You know, it's the old concept, give without expecting anything in return. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we see is that somebody will say, well, I'm not going to do that because they never do it. Right. So they're waiting for, well, I'm not going to say that I love them because they never tell me that, that they love me. Right. So they sit there waiting to hear that from the other person and then nobody ever says it. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so one of the things that we tell people all the time is if you want your partner to tell you that they love you, tell them that you love them regularly. You might not get it back at the same frequency, but that's going to motivate them to, to, to return that action. 
Absolutely. Right. We we're big believers of the law of attraction and that everything's energy and, you know, what we do has a vibrational quality to it. And so, you know, to your point, Kevin, um, you know, when you say, I love you, you raise the vibration of the relationship. And when you raise the vibration of the relationship, I'm more drawn to do the same. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just kind of rise up together mm-hmm. or we can lower together. If you say, well, you know, you didn't do it. Be- I, I'm not going to say I love you because you haven't said I love you. Then I just sink it down. <laughs> so the more high vibration actions and thoughts and, and feelings that I have in the relationship, the more I'm going to foster those with my partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have another concept in your book, give more to get more, which is kind of tied into what you guys were talking about. But I thought it was a really good point to bring because most people, again, will not will hold back in their giving. And I'm going to share a story here, also a personal story to illustrate before you get into that. At the beginning of our relationship, I was under the impression that I was loving Kevin more than he loved me. And, um, and so I was having a problem with that. And I was like, Oh, that sucks. And then one day I just sat down and I thought, but who cares? Because the only love you get to keep is the one you give. And so I'm just going to pour love on him. And it doesn't matter how much I get back because it's all about how I feel when I give love. And the moment I was able to shift that, that perspective, it never was an issue. And, and he loves me just as much and shows me the love. Like I was just probably stuck into something at that moment. Um, but that was, I thought, a good story to illustrate. Had I stopped um, giving my love, then I would not have gotten more or felt like I was having more. And so by being okay with giving more, because it was just my perception, because he was giving just as much, then we continue to elevate our relationship. You know, and I think too, what happened in that situation was when you were able to sort of let go of that belief, then you were able to see all the ways in which I was loving you uh-huh. that you hadn't noticed before. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's such a great point, Kevin. And I love the example because Celine, what you're talking about is this resistance to the notion of the possibility that maybe you're giving more. And underlying that is this thing that he should be giving as much as I should. It should be equal. Mm-hmm. And when you let go of that story and just a story, right? then you're vibrationally were allowed to kind of float up. And that's why you were able to see um, the equality and the beauty of what was really happening. You know, the fact that he was giving more, you couldn't see it from that perspective where you were living in that he should, it should be more equal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. On on another level uh, to that, one of the things that has occurred to me over the years is that sometimes we want to get a little bit clearer about what it is that the other person wants to receive. So we call it in our practice, caring behaviors, giving behaviors that actually lands for another person. So this really doesn't have so much to do with the fairness concept, but it kind of takes it to a level of, can I identify those things that make my partner feel loved and cared about? And how do we go about doing that so that when I am giving, giving love, giving caring behaviors at its landing for the other person. So as Kevin was saying earlier, you know, with I love you, for example, um, one way to receive I love you is to tell your partner that I, I enjoy hearing you say I love you to me. 
So we're sharing with our partner. We're getting out of uh, this mind reading idea that my partner should just know what makes me feel loved and cared about. And we move into an area where I tell my partner what makes me feel loved and cared about. And it's very empowering. And when we do it with our couples, they just, they just love it. And um, there's so many things that make you, Celine, feel loved and cared about that Kevin does, I'm sure. And oh, yes. probably by now, <laughs> probably by now, Kevin knows what those things are. You know, <laughs> probably he's been a quick study and he's observed and he's asked and he's noticed. But a lot of couples miss that. Mm -hmm. They don't quite get it. And if you can just kind of be really clear about together what makes you feel loved and cared about and do those things. Well, the fairness, the whole idea kind of moves away, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm getting what I want. And then you step into that great relationship that we are talking about. <laughs> yeah. So we are coming close to the end of our show, but there is one more point I would like you to talk about. And it's, it's called the 15 seconds connection. So it's not going to take too long. Apparently, it's 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but all jokes that aside, I thought it was a really good point. And maybe you could share that with our audience today. How to use like 15 seconds. Everyone can find 15 seconds to create deeper connection, really. Yes. Okay. So, you know, th this has kind of a part one and a part two. Uh, part one is that there are, I would say there are three times of the day that are most important for a couple. First time is when you wake up in the morning. The second time is when you meet each other. If you go out to work and you come back together at the end of the day. And then the third time is when you go to sleep at night. There's got to be some connection going on right during those times. And a 15 second hug before you leave in the morning, before you, when you first come home at night and see each other for the first time, and right before you go to bed, that's all it takes to feel that deep connection. Look in your eyes, look in each other's eyes, touch each other, hold each other, 15 seconds. It will transform your entire relationship. So that is one of the main practices. And it's just 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. And we, we have another practice that we do that takes 15 seconds that can also transform your relationship. And that's simply giving each other one appreciation. <laughs> and giving, doing, yeah, you laugh because you do it, I'm sure. We do. We have yeah, right? that. Let's do it. Is it a nervous laugh? <laughs> no, I'm laughing because we talk about it all the time on this show right. about the power of appreciation. And it's a practice we give everyone who works with us to talk about, like, we call it three things you love about about each other, you know, and just kind of like share that or ask for it when you need it. So you can be like Craig is saying, like doing it at a certain time, like morning when you wake up, which is a great way to wake up to when you come back home, because it makes you like really happy to come back home and before falling asleep, because it helps you to focus on what things that you're grateful for. So it cultivates that mindset. Or you can do it like we teach it where anytime you feel a need for it, just go and ask your partner and just get it filled and, and, and feel really really good about it yeah so you you often will say tell me three things you love about me yeah i do and i just have fun with it you know like i think a lot of times you know if guys were being asked that on a regular basis oh, oh man i gotta ah why well, i gotta think of something what i just have fun with it like it could be anything this is the simplest little thing like oh i loved the way you you put that the extra spice in that meal that you made and made it so much right. better like the simple little stuff <laughs> the, the other thing that we do too that it sounds a lot like what you're saying is so we have a rule 
that if anybody goes out on their own, when they come home, that the other person should greet them at the door. Right. Mm. And, and so it's like what you're saying when you come home. So I know pretty much every time I come home, unless you're indisposed, you're going to come and greet me and say hello and welcome me back. And mm-hmm. that really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> so we have one more question for you guys that we ask all of our uh, guests. It's the time when you get to blush because <laughs> we want to know what your best sexual talent is. <laughs> it's I, all a special talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually think one of my special talents is consistency. Um, I feel that, you know, I'm 63, Debbie's 62, and over time, you know, things change. Your body changes, priorities change. Um, desire changes. And one thing that we've made a commitment to is to commit to being uh, intimate with each other, sexually intimate with each other every single week. And um, I hold Debbie accountable to that and she holds me accountable to that. And I, so I think the consistency is one of my superpowers. Mm. I won't let a week go by without making love and, uh, I know it can it can go from a week to two weeks to three weeks to a month to three months if you're not careful. It's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, uh, you agree with that? That's your superpower. That one of them that I'm yeah. consistent. No, I think he really places a, um, a a priority on you know having that intimate connection and making sure that you know it's you know sometimes it's two or three times a week and but if it slips that we have that once a week. Mm. And we make it really special and romantic. And so he's kind of the keeper of that, mm. which I really appreciate. How about you? Yeah, Debbie, we want to know what's your best sexual talent. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, there's no restrictions on this show. <laughs> okay. So since there's no restrictions on this show, I would say that, you know, one of the things is as you get older, it changes sexually, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say without pointing fingers or without, you know, saying anything, inappropriate <laughs> would be that I have a capacity to orgasm quickly and that comes in handy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So good control over that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was juicy. Thank you both for sharing. Yeah. We, we love that question because it, it really like catches a lot of people off guard, but it's <laughs> that's real. Great and, question. <laughs> and that's the thing is we, we want it to be real. We want the audience to feel like you're real people that they can connect with. And that, I think that question always helps nice. do that. By the way, if you if you listen to any of our past episodes, our entire sex life is, is sprinkled throughout every show that we do. So <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> so Debbie and Greg, it's been a pleasure having you. Please tell our listeners where they can find uh, more of you, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, but where can they get your book and uh, connect with you then? Yeah, on the on the book, you can go to mindfulcouple.com. It's on Amazon and you'll find it right there. As far as reaching out to Debbie and I, uh, right now we're redoing our website, so it's still under the old name, but it's Craig Lambert Therapy. Okay, we'll put the link in the description and uh, people can find that. Uh, We highly recommend that you check out their book, The Mindful Couples, because it's 
it's got really great strategies, really easy things to put into practice to bring the level of connection um, to the next level in yeah. your relationship. And we barely scratched the surface. I we know. just cherry picked a couple little pieces <laughs> out of it. So there's a ton more information in there for people who are interested. All right, everyone. Thank you so much, Debbie and Craig, for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. All right, everybody. That's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>